the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Biden denounces OPEC's reductions in oil output. So it's all about reducing supply to boost the price. And that's essentially what they're doing. The Supreme Court to look at a case that may impact how social media platforms operate. This kind of case could really uh, reshape the Internet as we see it. Rising interest rates hit the housing market hard. What we're seeing is people are just not walking in and the traffic has stopped. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, October 6th. I'm Mike Scott. On Wednesday, OPEC, the Alliance of Oil Exporting Countries, announced they would sharply cut production of oil, which, according to the experts, could deal the economy a major blow and potentially raise pump prices for American drivers just ahead of the midterm elections. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. has been doing its part in supplying energy. United States oil production is up by more than 500,000 barrels a day. As you know, uh, we have tapped into the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as well to make sure that energy is on the market and also as a way to, to stabilize prices. Indeed, energy prices have come down as a result of the efforts uh, that we've made. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the Biden administration disagrees with OPEC's decision to cut production. OPEC's decision uh, to cut production's quotas is short-sighted while the global economy is dealing with the continued negative impact of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Meantime, Saudi Energy Minister Abdulaziz bin Salman says the job of OPEC is to ensure stable energy markets. We will continuously prove that OPEC Plus is here not only to stay, but here to stay as a moderating force to bring about stability. Ben Salman says OPEC must take a long view. Energy is something that can never be attended to in a short-term tweaks and moves. The world energy markets needs attendance and needs careful planning. Dan Rocato is a finance professor at the University of San Diego and says that, in his opinion, the Saudis are purely driven by profit. With friends like these, by the way, who needs enemies, right? So listen, it's all about the supply of oil. And what they're trying to do is reduce supply because that means they put more money in their pocketbook, less money in your pocketbook. So it's all about reducing supply to boost the price. And that's essentially what they're doing. And that's what's actually happened over the last couple of days. As you've just reported, gas prices are creeping back up. Rocato goes on to say that oil prices may jump 10 percent in the next few weeks. It wouldn't surprise me to see a nice, you know, a 10 percent jump from here. So we could be at four and a quarter over the next few weeks, really pretty easily based on what OPEC did today and, you know, anticipated supply versus demand. So 
By election day, Nicole, we could be over four bucks a gallon. Rocato explains that in order to curb energy prices, the Biden administration needs leadership. We need two strategies. We need a long-term strategy and short-term. Short-term, we have to boost supply. And as you know, the White House hasn't been particularly effective or even influential in trying to get supply boosted because we're not sure they actually want to do that. Secondly, long-term, we do need to make the transition to cleaner alternatives. And we can do both, Nicole, but it requires leadership. Chris Steyerwalt, a political commentator, shares his opinion on how the news will impact the coming midterms and says most likely this will be seen as a major failure of the Biden administration by voters. Well, I mean, they, they're going to take care of themselves, and so will all of the oil-producing oil countries. That's their job. Uh, and by the way, who is the number one oil producer in the world? Who's the number one oil exporter in the world? These United States. Um, we, uh, I guess the, the, the simplest way I can put it is Biden has failed uh, in the larger conversation to bring down energy prices and talk about it in a way that relates to Americans where they are. Steyerwalt goes on to say that the price of energy is on the minds of many voters going into the midterms. Well, the great thing about voters is that they don't pay attention to what partisans say, and they're not present for most of that conversation. What they think about is how much it costs them to fill up their car. I drive a Volkswagen. It's a very small vehicle. It shouldn't cost me $55 to fill up my car. And yet, it does. And I know I'm not a typical American, but come on. And that's what normal Americans are experiencing. Taiwan's defense ministry says the island will respond to incursions into its airspace by Chinese warplanes and drones and define those incursions as a first strike. The statement comes in response to China stepping up its military exercises where China fired missiles into water near Taiwan and sent warplanes across the dividing line in the Taiwan Strait. China has denied the existence of a median line and claims Taiwan is part of its territory. Taiwan warns it will launch a counterattack if Chinese aircraft enter the island's airspace. Taipei says any incursion by Beijing would be considered a, quote, first strike. The island's defense officials say it's taking violations of Taiwan's airspace more seriously after a series of close flights by Chinese warplanes and drones. This is the first time Taiwan has issued such a warning and threatened to fire the first shot. The island is trying to reassert a buffer zone that China has eroded following U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taipei in August. Taiwan's defense minister says Beijing has destroyed a tacit agreement on military movements in the Taiwan Strait by crossing the unofficial median line between China and Taiwan. The island has vowed to react if China crossed its red line, but did not say what this line was. This news comes as President Biden last week reiterated the U.S.'s commitment to defend Taiwan should China try to take the self-governed island nation by force, even though, once again, the president's comments were promptly walked back. Retired General Jack Keane joined Fox News and says that while the U.S. is supposed to be ambiguous about its intentions towards Taiwan, 
He believes that it's high time someone stands up to Chinese President Xi's aggressive behavior. I mean, the policy stated is supposed to be strategic ambiguity. And for our audience to understand, this goes back to 1979 Taiwan Relations Act. China and the United States agreed to maintain peace and stability across the Mm -hmm. Taiwan Straits. But President Xi has violated that year over year for 10 years. And it's high time, and I think it's very appropriate for the president to say, look, if China is going to continue their actions and they're going to use force to take back Taiwan, of course the United States is going to respond to that. We're not just going to provide them arms and munitions. We will respond militarily to that act. He said it four times. I think he means it. And that should be our policy. This week, the Supreme Court agreed to hear a challenge to a legal protection enjoyed by social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. The case concerns Section 230, which protects social media platforms and other sites from legal liability that could result from content posted by users. When it comes to criticism of Section 230, Both sides of the political aisle have not held back. Usually with Democrats, they argue that Section 230 allows platforms to evade accountability for permitting harmful speech. Meantime, Republicans take issue with what they consider big tech censorship. Daniel Howley, Yahoo Finance's tech editor, explains what exactly Section 230 is. This is specifically about Section 230 and more specifically uh, about the algorithmic recommendations that companies make. Now, to just give you a a background, Section 230, as most of us are now experts in, uh, essentially helps protect tech companies based uh, from liability based on content that their users post and they moderate. Howley goes on to say that this case is about how companies like YouTube and Twitter apply their algorithms. This in particular uh, has to do with algorithmically algorithmically generated content uh, or algorithmically recommended content, rather. So uh, the algorithms uh, that send you videos on, say, YouTube uh, or uh, Facebook, things like that. Howley states that in his opinion. If tech companies are forced to allow everything... Advertisers may not want to advertise on them. This kind of case could really uh, reshape the Internet as we see it, especially if Section 230 is rewritten in any way. It's really the reason why we have sites like, you know, the comment sections on, uh, you know, Yahoo Finance or uh, Facebook or Twitter or, you know, Yelp, things along those lines. Without that, we really wouldn't have anything as far as you know, user-generated content online because you know companies would then either not be allowed to have it on there uh, because they would fear that people would put stuff up that they then can't moderate uh, or we would just have a free-for-all of any kind of content and you know people just wouldn't want to visit those sites advertisers wouldn't want to advertise on them uh, and so they wouldn't really exist for much longer howley says that what the supreme court rules in this case is pivotal for the Internet. 
you know, there's uh, folks who are pro-free speech who say that if we do see Section 230 changed or fall entirely, that free speech on the Internet would disappear uh, as we know it. So this, uh, again, will have huge implications for not just how these companies use the Internet, but how you and I use the Internet. Uh, if, you know, uh, companies then can't host our content, we won't be able to post stuff. Uh, and again, if they do decide that they want to host content, they may be able to uh, be forced to allow everything up, and then we wouldn't want our stuff appearing next to some of the more unseemly items that may show up on the Internet. So, you know, this is really, I think, something that's going to be almost, you know, foundational uh, when it comes to the ruling. Republicans are hoping to reap a long-term return on their outreach effort among Hispanic communities, helping new U.S. residents gain citizenship and eventually cast their first ballots. Details on this outreach from Daybreak Insider's congressional correspondent, Bernie Bennett. The Republican National Committee held a graduation ceremony in Doral, Florida, for participants in its civic education training program that prepares legal residents for their naturalization test to become U.S. citizens. RNC spokeswoman Nicole Morales says, We're actually investing in the communities and uplifting these communities and not just going in a month before the elections to ask for votes. The graduates from the program were recognized by Florida Republican Congresswoman Maria Elvira Salazar. A food drive was also held to benefit victims of Hurricane Ian. Bernie Bennett reporting. After the Fed announced another rate hike, real estate experts have seen a drop in mortgage application activity. Mortgages plunged 14.2 percent dropping to their lowest rate since 1997. Home prices in the U.S. are sinking at the fastest monthly pace since the Great Recession, evidence that rising mortgage rates are rapidly slowing activity in the housing market. Bruce McNeilage, Kinlock Partners' co-founder, says that his business is seeing a slowdown in buyers coming to open houses. What we're seeing is people are just not walking in and the traffic has stopped and looking at models and looking at houses in suburbs and the subdivisions. And so what we're seeing is builders have to make their quota. They have to make the end of the year numbers. So they're reaching out to folks like us, the institutional owners of houses, and we're buying in bulk using those as rental homes. McNeilage goes on to say that his company, which buys homes and turns them into rentals, is seeing a price drop in housing of up to 20% if his company buys homes in bulk. Yeah, I'm getting 5 to 10 emails or calls a day. It really has picked up and hasn't started. We're so far into the year, people are trying to make their numbers. And we're looking at a 10 to 20% discount off of retail pricing that's being offered to us if we're buying in bulk. Experts say read the fine print and compare before signing up for a zero-premium Medicare Advantage plan. Daybreak Insider's Jennifer King has details on what you may need to know. Insurers trying to boost enrollment are expected to flood the market next week with offers for private Medicare Advantage plans with drug coverage and no monthly price tag. They're growing in popularity, but shoppers are advised to check them over because they may find better coverage at a relatively small monthly cost. Melissa Brenner, a broker in Charlotte, North Carolina, says it's not a one-size-fits-all program. She recommends shoppers compare how prescriptions would be covered if their doctors are in the network and whether out-of-network visits are covered, as well as copay charges and their out-of-pocket max. Jennifer King, Washington. And finally, on Wednesday, 
History was made as Nicole Mann became the first Native American woman in space, commanding a team of astronauts as part of the joint NASA-SpaceX program heading to the International Space Station. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Ignition, engine's full power, and liftoff. Go Crew 5. Page 1 Alpha. Copy, 1 Alpha. Vehicle is pitching downrange. Stage one propulsion is nominal. The four-member crew is scheduled to arrive at the ISS after about 29 hours. On Thursday evening, they began their 150-day science mission on board the orbital laboratory 250 miles above Earth. Mann, 45, is a veteran combat pilot who has made spaceflight history not just as the first indigenous woman in orbit, but as the first woman to command a Crew Dragon capsule. CNN's Martin Savage takes a moment to admire the accomplishments of this history-making crew. You've got the commander of this flight, which is Nicole Mann. She is the first female commander of a SpaceX flight. She's also the first Native American woman to fly in space. On top of that, she's a colonel in the Marine Corps. She's a test pilot. She's also a mechanical engineer, and she's a mother. So she has uh, many, many attributes that make her the perfect commander for this particular mission. And they get set for what will be uh, a liftoff right about 40 seconds from now, the capsule, which is the Dragon capsule on top of the Falcon 9 rocket system. Savage says that the crew members are able to take some personal items with them into space, and man brought something extra special. The commitment of the United States and Russia, despite the tensions that have been introduced into the space program, they need each other. And as a result, the reintegration now of having Russians fly an American spacecraft is an important message. Uh, and then, of course, for Nicole Mann, you know, one of the interesting things, John, astronauts are allowed to bring personal items with them. And uh, Commander Mann was asked, what was it that she was bringing? And she said, among personal items, she'll have a gift that her mother gave her years ago. It's a dream catcher. And, of course, there is the immediate connection to the culture she represents, but also to the fact that dreams come true. And we're looking at proof of that right now. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.